Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Secret Cabinet. Hello and welcome to The Secret Cabinet. Today, heed the warning signs. Symbols in everyday life. Daily we're in contact with them. We're so used to them that we don't even really notice them. And despite their long and interesting history, they remain a mystery. Women. But today we're talking about an entirely different subject namely signs and symbols, in our everyday environment. Let's take, for example, the curly ampersand, which looks a little bit like a, the figure 8 holding up a tablet, is a so-called typographic ligature. It's basically the letters E and T melted together from the Latin et, which basically means and, or also. And this typographic ligature, like many others, came to be in the Middle Ages. Back then, the writing material, especially parchment, was very expensive, and even the ink, and one was practically obsessed with abbreviations and shortcuts in writing, to the great joy of today's medievalists who have to pick all of that apart. But in addition to cost savings, typographic ligatures also enable one to complete a whole symbol without lifting the pen from the paper. Only very few typographic ligatures actually have made it to present day and even those seem to be dying out, as far as they haven't been repurposed for something else. This fate threatened also another typographic ligature, namely the German Estset. Since English speakers might not be familiar with it, the Estset is a sharp S in German that looks like a beta, like the Greek beta. But it doesn't come from beta. It actually originally did come from two S's written together, and specifically the old Gothic long S and then the end word S at the end. You know, you look one looks kind of like an F without the line through it, and the other one looks like an S. So those two written together uh, over time kind of morphed into the beta. And in German, that letter is actually called Szet, which basically implies that it's the combination of the letters S and Z. But really, it's just called that to differentiate its pronunciation from the other S. And it's also sometimes called the Hunchback S, or the... These are all in German, by the way. This doesn't translate. But the Hunchback S, or the Sharp S, and which, by the way, this one letter only exists in the German language. And obviously, us foreigners often like to confuse it with a B. But it's actually supposedly been around since the 14th century. 
and finally set itself through in the ever-growing and important printing industry in the 16th century. And by the way, another typographic ligature that you wouldn't even recognize as such is today's W, which doesn't actually belong in the classic Latin alphabet, but actually came to be through two V's written together, which at that time could be used as V or also U. And for instance, if you think about the Roman numeral 10, which is an X, is really just two V's together, which a V is the Roman numeral for five. And by the way, innkeepers in the Middle Ages love to do that a lot. Der Budla would know. But let's get back to the V, or actually back to the W, because the W actually came to be to represent a sort of W sound in the old Germanic languages, which apparently didn't exist in Latin. And right around the first turn of the millennium after Christ. And in fact, in English, you can see this quite clearly because we actually call it W. In the original German, it's much more confusing because V is V and W is V. So anyways, and even in French, it's W. And the Swedes, however, only in 2006 accepted the W as one of their own letters. And before this, even there, it counted as a variant of the V. A more difficult common symbol to pin down is one we use anytime we send an email or a tweet, which is our very much beloved at symbol. And this symbol actually went by very many other names, but they're all much less common. But in the, in the original German version of this podcast, um, I thought that was much better because in German, the at symbol could also be known as a clamping monkey or a monkey ear, monkey swing, and, or also elephant ear. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. We just have at. But even all those funny terms are slowly going away because even in the German-speaking world, the at symbol has sort of become the symbol of the internet. But it's not originally from there. And here we see again, supposedly, that it goes all the way back to the Middle Ages, at least to one of the popular entomology theories. So again, we could be talking about another ligature, namely of the letters A and D. Those form the word ad, which can be translated as on, to, by, and in Italy of the 16th century, it was also used as a unit of measurement. And according to another theory, it could have even originally come from the Arabic. And through Spanish merchants has gotten its way to Europe. The units of measurement arroba for 10 kilos or 15 liters were by then already written down using the at symbol. And then again, others assume that it comes from the French, which kind of evolved out of a A with an accent, where merchants already used it as the form like as an at, like each, like 10 units at $10. In French, it's still like that. One package, ah, 10 pieces. But in this context, we for sure have it in the 19th century in London. And since around the 1880s, became ever more common on English language typewriters. As many of the later repurposed symbols, in the beginning of this 1970s, the at symbol hardly played a role. It was perfect for the times of the early internet and early computers when people were looking for a symbol that was still on most keyboards but wouldn't be confused with any other meaning. And so one could even use it as a separation between, like, username and domain, for instance, which actually ended up being pretty fitting because it could then stand for the username at that domain. <laughs> as in the username kind of belongs to the domain. Like, for example, der.budla at web.de. But while we're already on the subject of the internet, there, especially in the social networks, the so-called hashtag is playing an ever bigger role. 
And then Budla tells a joke that doesn't quite translate to English, but, you know, a pun, hashtag, which in German oddly sounds an awful lot like hash day, a joke that every teenager's used at least once. That sort of double cross, and the older listeners will definitely remember this even being in use still, namely it was the symbol used for number, and it was still used on a touchstone phone, where it was originally used to give in dial frequencies, like, for instance, to remotely control an answering machine. But supposedly the pound symbol, as it's also known, originally came from the letters L and B, from the word libra, the Latin word for pound. And obviously if you dial into a meeting, you realize that in some contexts it's still called pound today. And to Twitter, this symbol came on the 27th of August, 2007, when the internet activist Chris Messina, when he was looking for a symbol to appropriate and wrote the following tweet. How do you feel about using pound for groups? As in, hashtag bar camp message. And since this time, all sorts of themes and subjects can instantly be searched and found, like the subject hashtag uproar in context of a sexism debate, which was used on the 21st of June, 2013, where even the online grim finally got it. And as unclear some of the symbols can be, so unclear could also the hashtags themselves be which often only become clear when one knows the whole discussion. And to simplify that, two podcasters, Daniel and Jonas, brought the No Hashtag Podcast to life, whose sole mission exists in clarifying these esoteric snippets of code. And since those two offered us so much money to mention how great that sir... Wait, 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 I just got a tweet. What, no money? So where was I? So please do not listen to the podcast No Hashtag. Also, it's probably in German. And also do not fo- follow Daniel and Jonas at Twitter, at no hashtag net. And apropos money, the most famous ligature of all time is the ever-present American dollar sign, which is, of course, a capital S with one or two vertical lines straight through the middle. Now wait a minute, because the word dollar doesn't even have an S. Well, that's because this symbol originally identified a different currency. And, like the dollar itself, it was a Spanish one. In fact, the word dollar originally comes from the word tala, which we've also mentioned on the Bohemian podcast because tala is the German word for something from the valley and comes from the, like, halatal in Tyrol, and, perhaps more significantly, the Joachimstal in Bohemia. And then the term dolares first popped up in the middle of the 16th century by Charles V when they're trying to differentiate between the Spanish real coins, which had all the gold, and the ever more silver and less gold-containing taler. And they got it from the Dutch dala, because at that point, the Netherlands was still under Spanish occupation. And since the Spanish were constantly plagued by English privateers and started to be spread around, especially towards the end of the 16th century, in the English colonies, specifically the North American East Coast. There, often English coinage was an insufficient supply, the so-called crowns, and it became so popular that even the, that the queen in the beginning of the 1600s started minting her own dollars. But the dollar sign itself, again, wasn't originally used for the dollar currency, but actually started showing up in business transaction between Mexico and the British colonies in America, particularly around 1770, to specifically denote the Spanish dollar. And so the symbol supposedly comes originally from P and S, like Spanish peso or piesto, that just over time were written closer together. And as 
1785, when the young United States was creating a brand new currency, they didn't just take from the Spanish dollar the size of the coin, but also the name, but also the symbol. Now, the Bluetooth symbol, Del Budla already discussed on a different podcast of his, but it comes from two Viking era runes written together. What those mean, and why it should become the symbol for a wireless transmission standard, you can find out about that if you speak German on episode 19 of Angegraben, which is a fantastic archaeological podcast. So that just leaves one symbol left I want to cover, one which seems ancient and also has nothing to do with the internet, unless you're talking about less than three on Twitter, namely the heart. Besides being a suit and a deck of cards, and also a vital organ, it's also the symbol of love. <sighs> An actual heart looks pretty different. And in fact, in older depictions before the High Middle Ages, the organ was actually always illustrated differently. I mean, kind of the shape of a pine cone or maybe a pyramid. Which, alright, granted, the heart also doesn't look like that, but maybe we're a little closer. And the shape we have actually comes from none other than a description given to us by Hippocrates. Anatomical research was forbidden in any shape or form in the Middle Ages. The shape of a fig leaf started to kind of become the symbol for a heart. And especially we start to see this in the old bard literature starting in the 12th century, like in southern France. And there it still kind of originally looked more like along the lines of pine cones. But at the latest in the 14th century, we start to see an evolution of one dented side of the pine cone, basically starting to resemble a modern-day heart shape. And it might have a little bit of something to do with that the shape might remind one of feminine curves a little. The two semicircles on top, either for seat or breasts, and the narrowing part below it for a woman's vulva. Well, now I guess the romance is gone, huh? Sorry about that. And finally, at the end of this podcast, we have a question mark. Or rather, the question mark. Because the origin isn't actually that clear either. According to one theory, it's an abbreviation of the Italian word questio, meaning question, which may have come around in the Carolingian Middle Ages. And because the word was so long, one didn't write it out at the end of a sentence, but just as a Q and O, whereas it was a Q over a little O, which over time just kind of eroded to a curvy line. But according to another theory, it was just a tilde over the period at the end of a sentence, basically telling the reader to raise his voice at the end of the sentence. Will this question ever be answered? Question mark? One knows not. But what is sure is that this episode has found an end. Period. Bye, and until the next time, my name's Travis Dow, translating for Der Budla, and thank you very much for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.